0: Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. Here with me, your host, Colton G, and today on the show, we're joined by pop rock artist Paris Bick. Yes, and today with Paris, we're diving behind her soft more album, which is out right now. It is entitled, Hope for the Best, and we're going to talk about the road that has led Paris to this moment, from a brief discussion into what first led her to White Horse, and then her 2018 debut album, Feeling Love, and then from there, we're going to talk about this new collection of songs, how it came together who helped to bring it to life and we're going to dive into some of the tracks as well like the title track hope for the best as well as its music video that Paris actually had a hand in helping with the directing and producing of so we're going to talk about that process too we're going to talk about some of the other things that Paris has been working on some of what 2021 possibly holds for Paris herself and it is all brought to you today by DesertTigerMerch.com where you go to copy yourself something to represent and support the show everywhere that you wear that beautiful piece of merchandise oh yes and now that you know who the show is brought to you by now that you know who our guest is I think it's about time that we Hope for the best here with our guest, Harris Pick. So let's go. The Desert Tiger Podcast. Nice coffee cup, by the way. Love it. Thank love it. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at right now? Where are you based out of?
0: I'm based out of Kamloops, British Columbia.
1: Oh cool. Yeah. I've been there once, actually, when I was hitchhiking to Whitehorse. I remember me and my friends stayed in Kamloops for a night.
0: Oh, you hitchhiked to Whitehorse?
1: Yeah, like however many years ago that was now. That's how I ended up here.
0: You are not originally from there? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> so, why Whitehorse?
1: Um... Well, I had, um, when I was 18, I hitchhiked across Canada and then, um, I went back to my hometown of Port Hardy, Vancouver Island. I call it my hometown. I was technically born in North Vancouver. I've moved a lot as a kid, but Port Hardy's where I grew up. But, uh, yeah, essentially I went across Canada when I was 18 for shits and giggles. And then when I went back to Port Hardy, I met this other traveler and she was like, Oh, like, you know, would you want to go somewhere with me? Like I hitchhike too. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, we like flipped a coin. We were like, uh, like going to, you know, going to go up to the north or down to Okanagan and then north it was.
0: <laughs> Why not, right? Why not experience something new? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And clearly you've enjoyed it enough that you've uh, made it your home for quite a while now then.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I was supposed to only be here for three weeks, and then now it's like nine years later, eight years later.
0: (laughs) It's funny how those things can work, hey? You kind of spend quite a bit of time without a set location. You end up going to the most random of possibly all of those locations, and it just feels like home. Totally. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And we're here to talk about some of the music that you've created in your time. Down in Whitehorse.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty amazing place for that.
0: <laughs> nice. It's um based from what I've seen in the music videos and the pictures on your social media. It definitely looks like that's the case.
1: Yeah, it's pretty special. It's like, yeah, I don't know. If you've never been, you got to come check it out.
0: <laughs> I was supposed to come down for Breakout West when it was there the other year, but I didn't make it, unfortunately.
1: Oh, it was so awesome. <laughs> Yes, it'll happen again.
0: Definitely, I hope it does. I hope it does, and I plan to make it to uh, this upcoming Breakout West in Winnipeg too. Finally, now that that's going to be a thing again.
1: Totally, I applied as well, so maybe we'll get to hang out in person.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that'd be interesting. Did you make it when it was in Kelowna?
1: No, but my partner did.
0: Okay, okay. Yes, I was there that year. So
1: cool. Oh, okay. You did you see his band Soda Pony?
0: I'm pretty sure I did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Nice. Small world. Small world. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, we're here today to dive a little bit into your world. So, are you ready to get into it? I am. Okay. Fantastic. So, I'd like to set a little bit of a foundation for the listener. So, I'd like to talk coming out of 2018's Feeling Love, your debut album. So first off, what was it like to finally release those pieces, that collection of yourself into the world? And how did you move forward after that?
1: Like, how was the process of, like, recording that album?
0: What was it like to finally release it?
1: Oh, it was really um, exciting. Um, I feel like I learned a lot. Like, that was my first album where I, like, actually hired a producer who really helped direct and like hone whatever he thought, you know, was going to be like the best. Like I hired him to do that. And uh, that was my friend Patrick and he really killed it. And just like being in the studio, getting to record all these songs and like, I don't know, I just never really done anything like that. Whereas like having some direction, someone like show me what to do. And then when we released it, it was like, I felt like I learned a lot. Like, I feel like actually in hindsight, I would have waited a little longer before releasing it. Cause there was some things that I maybe would have changed, but also it's my first record, uh, that was self-titled. And I was like, I was so eager to get it out. I was like, let's just get it done and get it out there. Uh, but now I've learned that, you know, good things take m- maybe more time, but it was still pretty good for a rush job. And it wasn't too rushed. It still took like a year, but, uh, maybe like the releasing part of it, I would have took longer. But uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting for sure.
0: Well, and that's some of the process of being a musician is you learn these things as you go because it's a music business and it's constantly adapting. So especially when you're that new artist who's coming out, you're probably worried about so many various things that some of those other little things you start to pick up as you go and realize, oh, I should have been doing this the whole time. Like you pick it up and then you take it into the next process, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I was way more on it for my my upcoming album for sure.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I know as songwriters, sometimes everybody has their own process and sometimes it's some people start writing as soon as their last project comes out. Some people wait until they think that they're ready to finally get into the studio. So, at what point did you begin to craft this sophomore album here?
1: Um, almost like immediately. <laughs> I'm definitely one of those people where the second one thing is done, I'm like, we're, I'm, on, I'm moving on. I'm like over it. Like, I don't want to hear the songs again. I just want to keep on a trajectory of like, you know, new songs i also like, lose my mind. <laughs> so usually I'm constantly writing all the time. Um, not like every day or anything, but just like, you know, throughout a month, I'll write X amount of songs. And so, you know, it was pretty cool that I was able to sit down after feeling love. And I'd already had a few albums or a few songs written that I was like, Oh, maybe these can turn into something down the line. And then, you know, that's kind of how it works is you have like a catalog of songs and some of them turn into other things later on. And some of them are like totally new and random. Um, but yeah, definitely right away. It was like, once I was done with feeling love, I was still writing.
0: <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. So did you, you went into a different studio for this album here with a uh, green needle records. So this second time around, What was the difference? How do you feel that you grew as a recording artist? What are you able to bring a little bit more to the table after having been through that process?
1: Um, I definitely took on like more of a producer role. Um, Like, I feel like when I worked with Patrick on my first album, I was so nervous. It was unreal. Like, I just had no clue. I was like, oh, I have some songs. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm going to hire someone that knows what they're doing. And Patrick's really creative and has so many amazing musical ideas. So he was able to really just like do the thing. And uh, it really was awesome. Like getting to hear that record after and be like, wow, this is so cool. Like I'm so down. And then now it's like, there's some time between that record and my new one. And when I went into the studio with Jim at Green Needle, I was like, yeah, like challenging myself to be more involved in like actually creating the songs before I go in. So that's something I didn't really do last time is like, you know, I let my band and my producer kind of like come up with ideas, but this time, you know, it was like, I pre-recorded all my songs, um, made like dinky demo versions of them in my home studio and, you know, added like bass lines and guitar parts and like harmonies and, you know, like I'd play like a horn part, maybe on keys or something. And uh, that was kind of like, you know, by the time I got to the studio, it was like, I have all these ideas. This is what I want to hear. And it worked out. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. So you had a much better idea of what energy you were trying to capture this time around. Yes. Okay. So what exact energy would that be then?
1: Um, just like, I felt like I was definitely maybe like more empowered like just like you know what like if i'm paying for a record like i should be more hands-on with it like it's my baby like i don't know so just like being like all right like i'm just gonna be like super involved um still letting my bandmates have like lots of creative process like you know i like it when they get to come up with stuff but uh there's a few parts where i was like nope this is a baseline that's how i want it and uh yeah so probably just like i don't know more growth or something. <laughs> no,
0: it's okay. You have a better understanding of who you are and what you're trying to represent yourself into the world, which is a very, very good thing. So let's dive into some of these tracks off of this album here. I want to start with your first single, the title track, uh, Hope for the Best. Take us behind this song.
1: Um, so Hope for the Best is just like, it's actually a song about, you know, just like, um, learning to be okay and accept yourself for who you are. Like, you know, I'm like 26 and I know that your twenties is like a wild time where you're constantly second guessing. Like, am I doing this right? Am I adulting? Okay. Like, you know, where, what am I supposed to be doing? Is it like, should I be buying a house? Like, I don't know. It's just like when you're in this point in your life, you're always questioning yourself. So I kind of wrote that song as like a reminder to myself that, you know, it's all okay. Like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) It's like, I'm doing the things that are making me happy and that's what counts. So it's like, you know, you can't really fret over, you know, what may or may not happen or like whatever. It's like, as long as you're constantly having these like moments with yourself where you're like, am I turning into the person I want to be? Cool. Awesome. Moving on. Hope for the best. (laughs)
0: For sure. For sure. I mean, there's only so much that we can control as people. And I mean, even when we're younger, we grow up and we think of our parents as, oh, they knew so much about the world. And then, like, by the time we get to their age, it's like, oh, my goodness, they knew nothing.
1: I know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, love it. Love it. So I also really enjoy, like I mentioned earlier, the music video for this song i mean having also once worked at a pizza shop i mean i connect to it that way but also just you know it helps to sort of capture that idea of that worker mentality of like is what i'm i'm doing like going somewhere like i want to do something else with my life i really love that
1: Mm-hmm. and i mean the video was very yeah like i was It's fun. Music videos are fun because you don't need to be literal if it's going to a song. So like I didn't need to, you know, but I was like, okay, like what's a concept that could go, you know, like I knew that I wanted to do a pizza music video and then hope for the best was like the right song for it. It was like, yeah, like exactly. Like, you know, if you're going to have to work like a lame job at some point in your life, you may as well like make the most of it and just have fun while you're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty silly. I was super excited to make that video.
0: Awesome. It looks like it was a lot of fun, too, getting to uh, capture a few different vibes there between the uh, metal heads, the stoners and.
1: Yeah, the party house and the romantics.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun there and definitely also, yeah, ending up at the exact party that you heard about on the phone earlier, which is just like, oh, yeah, it all comes together. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I mean, every every party needs good pizza, too. So
1: exactly. Yeah, it's not a pizza. It's not a party without pizza.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to dive into another one of the tracks off of this album and track that I definitely might be one of my favorites off of this album. So I want to take a dive into Just Can't Get Enough.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this song here, what it means to you and.
1: Um, just can't get enough is totally, you know, it's just about being super infatuated with someone <laughs> and, uh, you know, just like being loud and proud about it. It's like, yeah, like you love someone, like you're allowed to announce that to the world. Um, yeah, it's like that's pretty much what it's about like i'm definitely like a big time like i love a lot of people <laughs> and uh you know for me that song was just about that
0: mm-hmm. absolutely and it's um it's a love should be that strong where you want to you know do exactly that it's say that like you want more you can't get enough of this person and it's like i want your time i want your energy i want your good parts your bad parts all of it right
1: Totally, yeah, <laughs> and i I really like the chorus in that song, too. I came up with the guitar part and the bass line that accompanied it, and I was pretty proud of that part
0: see as as a bassist myself, I think that might be part of why it is one of my favorite tracks off of this album is it is a quite- quite the groove to it
1: nice, yeah <laughs> well, that's I'm originally a bass player too, but I've been trying to like. Um, over the past two years, I've been like learning guitar and learning and listening to a lot of like old school guitar, you know, like listening to the meters, listening to whatever, just old funky soul. And that guitar part, I was like, oh yeah, it needs to be like this tight finger picky thing. Um, and yeah, I was just like, cool. Like I wrote something cool. That's fun.
0: (laughs) Nice. I also just love the, sorry, please continue.
1: Oh, I was just going to say simple and effective. <laughs> yes,
0: definitely. Definitely. I love and that's one thing I also love about this album is it's very simple, but it also has quite the blend of instrumentation with the horns and the finger picking and everything else where it's like there's a lot that goes into it, but it's not overly complicated. And, and at the same time, which is really beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's pop music. (laughs) It's like I write, you know, very poppy. um, But what I like is that, you know, like just because it's pop doesn't mean it's not like we didn't put a bunch of time into all the different parts. Like, I think I hired like seven different people or something to write parts and, you know, play them and play them well. It was a lot of work.
0: Definitely. And it's it's a lot of pieces come together. It's important to have a good team to make sure that the vision can come alive. So it's good that you were able to find musicians who are able to help uplift and make the music shine.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. You mentioned guitar playing and how you're beginning to delve a little bit more into that world. And Anyone who can see your social media, some of the posts and even in your music videos, you have quite the guitar that you're playing inside of these music videos. so did you end up doing this art yourself? Who ended up creating the this masterpiece that you're playing?
1: um, I did. <laughs> it was like during the, the beginning of the pandemic or maybe midway through the pandemic. Um, it was really weird because I definitely you know like this is. Kind of like the time where a lot of people, they were either not spending money and conserving their money or people were starting to find new hobbies because we were, you know, trapped inside our houses for a few months straight. And I always hated SGs. Like, literally, I always hated them. I thought they were stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then since the pandemic, I ended up buying two SGs, a bass SG and a guitar SG. I don't know. And they're both like rip off versions like or no, my bass is an Epiphone, but my guitar is like a whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was. But, uh, you know, I was like, you know what? Like I was told that you shouldn't just buy a guitar because it looks cool. um, But you should buy a guitar that plays well and feels good. That's important. And for me, I was always spending money on instruments that looked cool. And then. It was like okay, and one day I went to my local music store, and there was like this SG, and I played it, and I was like, "Yo, like this neck actually feels really good, and whoa, it stays in tune, which is like the most important thing to me. Also, is like an in tune guitar. It doesn't matter how cool it is if it can't stay in tune, then sucks. So I like, I ended up buying this guitar and bringing it home, and I was like, okay, like challenge accepted. Like I need to make this my dream guitar. So I like stripped it all down and painted it and. I was super stoked with how it turned
0: out. Mm -hmm. No, it's a it's a very lovely piece and people should definitely go and check out what it looks like if they haven't seen it. And that's definitely one thing, too, is having a guitar that can stays in tune is important because, I mean, if you're playing live shows or you're in the studio and especially live shows, you want to be able to interact with the fans. You don't want to spend all the time in between tracks friggin.
1: Yeah, I've seen way too I've seen I've seen way too many like whatever bands, you know, and they're just like an out of tune guitar does not get my rocks off. It's just like I'm I'm like immediately turned off if someone doesn't have an in tune guitar. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Amateur hour.
0: <laughs> hey man, it's you got to represent yourself properly and if they're not doing that then
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I love it. I love it. And we mentioned live and you've been able to have the chance to play a few live shows over this past year, even have a few coming up. So what has it been like to still have that opportunity in a year where a lot of us haven't really had that chance? And then I'm sure you've played some of these new songs at these shows as well. So what has the feedback been like for them?
1: It's been really positive, um yeah, we we've been really lucky, like there's been music in the Yukon since the beginning of the pandemic, like luckily, our government issued a whole bunch of rules and guidelines that were like, "Yo, like we can still have music, but this is how you need to do it, and if you don't do this, then we can't have it. so you need to like follow the rules and follow them well and strictly and uh so, I think my first time playing this the all the songs off the record was last summer. I played this outdoor venue is like, you know, the pandemic was happening. And uh, there's this place called the Village Bakery, which is in Haynes Junction, which is a few hours away from Whitehorse. And I played a bunch of these songs. I think I played through the whole record and uh, a bunch of my friends came and they were all like super excited. They were like, yo, like new Paris songs, like all eight of them, like we're stoked. And I was like, oh, good. okay." And then I've been playing them like for the past six months that there's been music. I think I've maybe played a handful of times and um, it's been pretty awesome. Like playing a handful of times is Paris pick. I also play with other bands too, but yeah, it's been really lucky. Like we are beyond lucky. It's, it's literally magical. It's like, and then you go online and you see all your friends in Calgary that can't even do like a live stream concert or, you know, they're playing behind plexiglass or like in Ontario where you're not even allowed a live stream concert. <laughs> it's like, what the heck?
0: Yeah, it's um it's kind of questionable in some forms where it's if everybody was following the rules before if there was no outbreaks because of these situations why are we holding back these live streams of symphonies and otherwise that like these creatives cuz we need the chance to perform cuz what other opportunities do musicians and those creative outlets have to try to keep their audience engaged and otherwise, right?
1: Let alone just, like, moral support. Like, you know, like, people need music to, like, like, especially in the hardest times, people need music to just, like, you know, be soothed. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, (laughs) it's just, like, it's kind of brutal to, like, strip people of that, you know? it's, like, especially the artists and the people that feel that, where it's, like, music is so intertwined with your mental health.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's mental health is an important thing. And as creatives, we write to express our feelings for that exact purpose. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. We talked about Breakout West earlier, and you actually had the opportunity recently to be a part of a Focus Whales showcase in part with Breakout West, where you had a video released with three of the tracks you were playing on off of the new album. So what was that experience like recording it in the same studio that you recorded the album in?
1: It was really fun. Um I I considered like doing the video somewhere else and then I was like, well that doesn't really make sense. Like Jim has spent, you know, the last year and a half honing in on my sound in particular. So I just like called him kind of last minute, like, yo, can I shoot this video in your studio? And he was super down. He accommodated it and I was able to find like a videographer and, um, you know, breakout West helped support it, uh, which was really cool. Like, and, uh, it was really fun. It was like, it's not often you get to do like live videos cause they're kind of expensive, but, uh, you know, when the opportunity comes along, it's like, you're not going to say no, <laughs> even though I was like a little nervous, um, because I didn't play guitar on my upcoming album. Um, but I'm learning these songs. I'm getting better at guitar. Like my goal is to play guitar in my next album, my third record. Um, But for this past album, I had my friend Zach play all the guitar. And I mean, he's a phenomenal guitar player. So I was like, you know, why mess up a good thing? Like let the the person with more experience hold it down. But uh, I'm building that experience. And yeah. So for the video, I practiced a lot and, it was pretty exciting. And also, my friend Zach ended up moving to Sudbury, Ontario um, when the pandemic first happened. So I've been playing with a new guitar player, and his name's Elijah Beck. And uh, he's been learning Zach's parts to the T, which is really cool. And uh, yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So
1: he's the, he's the one you see in the video with me, is Elijah.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Always good to be able to find good artists especially when you're in somewhere like the north a lot of people would probably presume there's not a lot happening there even though there is so much art and creativity up in the north
1: yeah I was pretty lucky I was like you know like Zach moving away and I've worked with a lot of different people over the years and uh you know some of them you miss more than others and he was definitely like it was a big bummer for him to move away but he'll be back I'm sure
0: mm-hmm Until then, it's good to know that Elijah can hold down the fort.
1: Exactly, and they actually message each other a lot. Like it's really cute. Like they've never met in person, but like you know, Elijah needs to know something for a certain song. He can like message Zach, and like they have a cool, you know, guitar bro relationship happening. And I'm super appreciative. It's like not often you know you have a, a family like that where it's like, oh yeah, like I care about Paris's music even though I moved away. So here's how you can do the job and do it well. <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely and it's always good to do things well and i would like to know as well what the future is going to hold because this interview drops the same day that this album drops so what does the future hold now that the album is out the
1: future well hopefully there will be some kind of tour i really want to go on tour and promote this record um might just do a quick dip to bc maybe alberta for first time i think last year was my first tour across canada and i kind of can't see myself wanting to do that again maybe if i get like flown to the other side of canada but the drive is very long so i'll probably go on tour and uh i'm already planning on maybe starting to record my next album maybe in december uh but i'm that's tentative plan. I'm always, you know, planning things, but I already have like all the songs lined up for my next record whenever that happens. Maybe I'll wait a few years. I don't know. Feel it out. But uh, for now, it'll just be staying in Whitehorse until, you know, it's safe enough to leave. And I'm going to be doing a three night release for this album. Uh, so it's like uh, Whitehorse gets an exclusive pre-release concert. So th- my album comes out to the world on the 11th. But uh, I'll be doing three shows in the Yukon June 3rd, 4th, and 5th, which is three nights that I'm going to try and sell out and sell the new record here in person. So that'll be cool.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Giving that little, uh, little bit of a teaser to the hometown to give them that special love back for supporting you for so long.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I also, I also, I also made um, a bunch of jars of pickles, like Paris pickles. It's like a special item that I'm going to like be like giving away at my album release.
0: <gasps> oh, that's fantastic. Most people do, you know, shirts for their pre-orders, but pickles, I mean, that that's a whole other way to tackle the market. I like it. I like it.
1: Totally. <laughs>
0: Awesome. All right, Paris. I have had a blast diving through your progression into this album and creating it, crafting it now that it's finally going to be out. But I have one last question. Are you ready for it? I am. (laughs) Okay. Now that we've dove into your growth as a musician, I want to dive a little bit into your growth yourself. So, over this period of time of crafting and recording and building this album, how has it helped you grow as a person, or what has it taught you about yourself?
1: It's taught me that I lack patience, <laughs> but I'm learning to have more patience. Um, it's taught me that hmm, I'm I work really good as a team. I'm becoming uh, I'm getting better at taking criticism. Like, you know, it's like constructive feedback is like, you know, can't take things too personally. And that's been really good. And that should hopefully just get easier because I like hiring people to tell me if something sucks or not. So it's, you know, and that's kind of like hard. A lot of people sometimes maybe have an approach with the studio where they don't want to be told the truth or whatever, or like a different opinion. But like, I think it'll be valuable for me to like, keep, getting used to someone questioning my authority. Um, So yeah, that's the stuff I've learned.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, they sound like very good lessons indeed. And I want to thank you so much for sharing those lessons and this journey with us here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being so great. (laughs)
0: Oh, and I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with pop rock artist Paris Pick. Sweet dove behind her soft, more album, Hope for the Best. And you can find Hope for the Best as well as Paris' debut album, Feeling Love, over on Bandcamp as well as your favorite music streaming service. When you're there, go ahead and hit follow. Follow Paris on social media as well. As you heard Paris? There's more music coming on the way. Paris wants to hit the road, possibly inside of your city, and you do not want to miss that when it happens. Yes. So now it's time to give Paris a roaring DTP. Thank you. For joining us here on today's episode of the show. Oh, we need to thank Taffin from over at Indoor Recess. But Taffin is no longer at Indoor Recess. So we want to thank Taffin for everything that she helped to bring to the Desert Tiger podcast. All of the incredible guests that Taffin has helped to bring to the show. And we wish her the best in her new adventures here in life. And we look forward to working with Joanne over at Indoor Recess. Yes. I need to thank German from yourpodcasteditor.com for making everything sound so good. And I need to thank you, the Am, for checking out this episode of the show. If you have yet joined up with the ambush, it's as easy as hitting the subscribe button you can also share this episode you can give the dtpa five star review you can also head on over to desert to copy yourself something to support and represent the show and look oh so good well doing that ah uh, yes now it's about time that we say our bye-byes but not before i tell you to go out and find your roar then let it on out into the world and show them how powerful how wondrous and how beautiful you and your roar are because you are all three of these things i'm running out of time so until next time bye bye the desert tiger podcast